Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Pointy Hatcast. I am your host Sam, also known as Ducky O'Brien on Twitch, and we are joined today by our co-host, fellow taxi drivers, Barry. Multipass. <laughs> and Isaiah. What's up? <laughs> Today's episode is on a movie about chicken being the best food, the fifth element. Our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments, as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Once again, our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Give me, give me a second. <laughs> Ruined! <laughs> We're going to have to start the whole podcast over again. Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> And no, lost literally is... some minutes. <laughs> All right, there we go. I go for it. <laughs> Good thing we can edit this. It's not live. I'm gonna eat cheeses and just be loud as you shit. Ju- you can go ahead. I I can just cut it out. It's fine. Fifth Element was released on May 1997 in the U.S. It was directed by Luc Besson. The screenplay was also written by Luc Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. Kamen? Common? Common writer? Anyways, <laughs> it stars. That's a little weeb joke there. Stars Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman, Mil- Mila Jovovich, Chris Tucker, Ian Holm, and many more. Currently, as of this podcast, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 71% for critics and 87% for audience. In the colorful future, a cat driver unwittingly becomes a central figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil and Mr. Zorg at bay. <laughs> All right, why don't we start with Barry? <laughs> this movie is, first of all, I'm going to be f- fully honest here. This is my favorite movie of all time. Um, wow. It's, it's I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot wrong with it, but it's so much fun, <laughs> and it's so dumb. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Star Wars meets Die Hard in space, Ooh. and... It's so everything is so goofy. Why is that such a perfect description? <laughs> it's it's like just this wonderful like almost literally a space opera and everything is like just dialed up like the the color saturation, the all the outfits and costumes, the performances, everything is pushed to like the brink of ridiculousness. Everyone except Bruce Willis. <laughs> and that's and that's probably why the movie works, is that he acts as like that that anchoring reality point to allow the viewer to, to laugh at everything in this future. And this film, Luc Besson had basically been writing this this script, uh the screenplay since he was like sixteen. Oh wow. And they started filming when he was like thirty seven, thirty eight or something <sighs> like that. So this is like this is literally the work of a lifetime. Wow. Um it's like crazy. that. It's him putting, like, you know, I'm not sure about you guys, but, like, everyone has, like, a little story they have in their head, right? Like, they kind of play around with. It was, it was literally his little little internal story, like, brought to full fruition on the silver screen. And it's kind of wonderful. Um, he brought in a lot of talent for this. Um, so he brought in a couple comic artists, uh, like Mobius and Gerard, I think they are, who notably did Valerian and the City of a Thousand uh, <laughs> Planets, who, which he directed later Isn't on. Isn't that a garbage film? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, it, was, it was a comic first, and he brought that comic artist with him for the uh, visual style. Okay, okay. 
and uh, Mobius, I think, who did Heavy Metal. And if you've seen Heavy Metal, you'll understand a lot of the visual language of this film, because a lot of it is pulled from Heavy Metal. And then the costume designer is this French guy um, who was completely insane and insisted on manually inspecting every single extra for every single scene. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? That would take forever. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so all those shots where there's like what, like 2,000 extras running around, like oh he, god. He, he inspected every single one of them before oh. filming. <laughs> which, is, which is why everyone looks like incredible and ridiculous. Yeah. And also why uh, there's so much detail in the background, you know? But yeah, I, I love this wow. film. I love the goofy premise. I love... The performances, as weird and goofy as they are, Chris Tucker is incredible. Mila Jovovich, with her weird, like, kind of half feral girl type thing going on, is 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 so much fun. And Gary Oldman, oh my Gary god, Oldman. Gary Oldman, what a what a master of the art. <laughs> what a master of the art. Arguably his best performance. <laughs> But yeah, uh, what did you think, Isaiah? Yeah, so this was my first time watching this film, but I've actually seen, like, the first, like, five minutes before. <laughs> and the first five minutes, it's like, oh, this is Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly they're flying space cabs, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was so taken aback. Like, I had no context going into this film. I just have seen, like, memes and random pop culture references, but (sighs) this movie is something else. (laughs) It's, like, so funny and so strange at the same Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. I didn't didn't expect myself to be as, like, engrossed in this film as I was. I was honestly expecting it to just be, like, "Eh, whatever, but it was such a weird... (laughs) (laughs) film that i was like so intrigued you know it's like watching a car crash it's like you just can't look away right (laughs) it's like it's so it's so devastating so bad but at the same time you're like wow but it's crazy it's so bizarre yeah it's yeah it took me for a spin for sure but man this this movie is just the story of plot convenience one after the other oh absolutely (laughs) Yeah. We, the ship was destroyed, but we have a bone that we can reconstruct into an entire human being. What? <laughs> Did you notice that um, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman never meet on screen? Oh. Never the confrontation. They never confront each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Is it the Odin uh, effect? <laughs> no, it's because... Uh, Luke Basson had a very clear vision for the film. They had a version of the script where they meet at the end, but he's like, yeah, in every film, there's that, that scene at the end where the villain de- delivers their, their grandiose monologue. monologue, and then they confront each other, and they fight. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want that. He just <laughs> the dies. Needs, yeah, he just dies. The future needs to be fun and weird was mm-hmm. his core prerogative for this movie, and mm. I think he succeeded wildly yeah you're right i didn't even notice it was too natural just yeah Yeah, it it flowed well like i I didn't even notice that that wasn't the closest they get is on on that cruise cruise liner 
Uh, they jump into an elevator, and and Zorg jumps out of the elevator he at the exact same time. almost runs into them in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. it. Yes. That's all you get. <laughs> the ultimate plot convenience. <laughs> or or just the fact that, like, she falls into his cab, and he also somehow is a Marine and Navy SEAL and SEAL Team 6 and <laughs> Special Ops, SS, MI6, all rolled into one. You know, space fighter. He's he's diehard. He's, he's diehard. He's man. part of Trump's uh, space force. Is it space, <laughs> space force? Right? Yeah. He's John McClane in space, dude. That's yeah. John McClane in space. Yeah. Kaye, dude. He didn't take off his shoes though and walk through glass. Oh, <laughs> they should have done that. Oh my god, that would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But there were a lot of what like vents <laughs> to crawl through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say overall, I, I actually really enjoyed it, and it was so weird. <laughs> oh, this movie and, is so and weird. And when you preface this film by saying, this is my favorite film of all time, the whole <laughs> time I was like, why does Barry like this movie? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Why is this his favorite film of all time? Uh, and then I was reading reviews, and it was like... Uh? A whole bunch of people just hating on this movie. And I was like, oh, uh, why? No, you can't hate this movie. Come on. You got no heart then. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Weird blue tentacle girl and all. Oh, weird, yeah. Blue, weird blue tentacle space diva. Yes. Whose, whose design is roughly based on the alien from Aliens. And who has the magic rocks inside her body. Literally. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> How did she get that? That is a uh, that that woman is uh Luke Besson's wife, by the way. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, the actress that they got to play the play the diva didn't show up, so he's like, "Uh, suit up, <laughs> waifu. It's time for you to shine." All right, wifey, you're gonna carry this film. <laughs> Wait, did she sing too then, or was that like a dub? no? That oh. is dubbed. That's they got definitely in, uh, dubbed. Okay. They got an opera singer for that, and they handed her the score. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> is this a joke?" <laughs> this yeah, a they, joke? they. I mean, obviously there are parts that are ADR, but she did most of it for real. Yeah, it mm. seemed like most of it was real, and it was quite impressive. Uh, I was yeah. taken aback by that scene as well. <laughs> like you have this like roaring space adventure, and you stop the space opera for a literal space opera. You're yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're going to have a space opera in space. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's just so many ridiculous things that are going on all at the same time. But it's great. It was fun. It's a fun film. I, I agree with Definitely. that. It's a very fun film. What'd you think, Sam? Ah, uh, dude, when I was rewatching this, because I, I watched this a long time ago, I actually owned the Blu-ray at one point. I think I gave all my stuff away. Anyways, I just, man, like, this movie is incredible in that there's so much satire written in almost every single scene, and it's kind of, it might fly over your head uh, mm-hmm. if you don't pay attention, because it's coming from an era where they love to make fun of stuff. Like, it was okay to make fun of things, like, uh still love that scene where it's ad placement but like everything's a taco bell <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> like stuff like that like judge Shred, like uh all the sylvester stallone movies total recall arnold schwarzenegger like all these movies they're just making fun of stuff and there's so much that they're making fun of here 
that's it's incredible and sometimes you miss it but like uh the weapon scene where zorg is selling his weapon to these aliens and he's just listing everything that's on there it's like replay <laughs> rocket launcher arrowheads both poison and explosive yeah very practical <laughs> it's like no it's not not when you're in space flamethrower net launcher that's when they when they lost me there because i was like it's great for bro. when hippies break into your pool exactly like why do you need a net launcher and then an ice cube on top of that it's kind of making fun of all these like weapons and movies and like how ridiculous they are and they made it more ridiculous by sticking everything into one gun you know that gun by the way is like a combination of 26 different props Wow. Um, they, they, like, the gun itself is 26 different models. They Like, every single gag is a different prop. And they built them all for real. Like, the flamethrower they built for real. Like, That's crazy. Like, That's the net crazy, launcher yeah. they built for real. They're just like, let's fucking go ham. They, yeah, you <laughs> can not? tell. Uh, like, there's, uh, like, a lot of different scenes. So, like, the scene in the bar when they're in the ship, the space cruiser. Mm-hmm. And the, um... What's his face? Bruce Willis is being shot at, so he dives behind the bar. Very typical, very classic scene where you take over in the bar. And they flip it on its head because the guy's like, screw it, I'm going to shoot a rocket at you. (laughs) You know? It's like, what do you do then? There's no cover. It just shows, like, how ridiculous all those movie tropes are. By the way, that that explosion at the time, and I think it might still be, was the largest indoor explosion ever filmed. Really? Uh, It took them half an hour to put out the fire. (laughs) It almost got out of control. That's that's awesome. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They're just like, we're doing this for real, boys. (laughs) It's part of why I love this movie. Yeah, they, they go ham. Also, another thing is the bomb scene at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait, they see the bomb planted by Zorg, and then they're like, you wouldn't happen to know how to defuse it, right? And everyone looks at each other like, nope, let's get out of here, because there's no magic defuse scene, you know, on, in real life sometimes. <laughs> they're just like, they just start booking it. Yeah, they start yeah. booking it, they steal Zorg ships, and then he comes back in, Zorg comes back in to look for the stuff, and then he sees the bomb and defuses it, and then they're like, nope, and the aliens rig up their own bomb, which... Conveniently. For the honor. Yeah, for the honor. Yeah. <laughs> and it counts down where he left off at five seconds, and it just he just dies. The best part about that scene is the prop. Like, he just pulls out, like, a master lock. Yeah. He <laughs> just yeah. spins it around. You're like, yes. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and, and like, all these scenes that they just parody everything, Um, it, it's, it's incredibly smart. It's... They're having a lot of fun poking fun at other movie tropes and how ridiculous it is. And they show how ridiculous it is by exaggerating it to the max, you know, like well done satire. Not only that, like Barry mentioned many times, like the attention to detail is astonishing. And now that you mentioned that the costume designer was insane and checked that every extra makes sense because there's these scenes where they're talking in the very beginning in the spaceship. And there's these two random dudes like in these tubes just spinning around looking really dumb <laughs> like periscopes yeah. i don't know what they're doing but it, it's like incredible there's something happening all the time and <laughs> the attention to detail the satire uh this weird amalgamation of like amalgamation what's the word anyway, this is, yes there we go this weird combination i'm just gonna use that <laughs> this weird combination of old and new stuff is it's incredible. Like in the costuming, it's in, it looks crazy. Like the police outfits, 
It's like yeah, weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Everything's just weird. Uh, even this combination. It just reminds of me of RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like this mix of old and new is shown in the opera scene as well, where it's like a classic opera and it turns a little bit modern towards the end. And like, not only that, all these scenes, a lot of them are layered, where it's like basically three different things happening, and mm-hmm. next to each other. So like the first example you see is where uh, Chris Tucker is. Hit, um, I don't know what he's doing to the flight attendant, and Zork is <laughs> is talking, and the plane's taking off, and it's like massive. He's giving her his ruby rod. Yeah, <laughs> nice way to put it. That's their title now, podcast title. But uh, yeah, it's like next to each other, and like the sound and all of it kind of melts together. There's another one where Lilu is fighting, and a diva singing, and the music is going on, and like everything just melts together very well, and. I think it's masterfully done. That said, I think probably the weakest thing is the plot. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's, the yeah, that's not the point. Not, so. the, yeah. least, the least important element. Yeah. Chasing four space MacGuffins through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, whatever. Space MacGuffin the movie. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, like every, everything else is so well done. Um, it's just taking me aback. Because when I rewatched it, a lot more, you can notice a lot more things. And this movie is very dense. Um, but yeah, like even the last lines making fun of action movies, even though it's kind of being an action movie where Chris Tucker's like every five minutes it's a bomb or something. I'm I'm leaving, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I had enough. It's it's a lovely film. So the the you mentioned the police helmets earlier, and that's actually yeah. a direct homage to RoboCop. Um, they even yeah. have that line, "Thank you for your cooperation." It's ah. a direct callback to uh, oh nice. yeah, direct callback to RoboCop. There's there's that. a lot a lot of references in this movie that are really easy to miss. Um, all of the all of the flying cars and cabs in in uh, that New York set, there yeah. every single one of them has a little Easter egg on it. Um, and oh, all really? the li- all the license plates, I believe, uh, have the frame New York, the fuck you state. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, okay. There's tons of stuff. That whole set, by the way. Is not digital. It's it's a miniature. It's like a thirty foot tall, ninety foot long miniature set Holy that they cow. built. Everything is done like it's it's incredible the work that went into the film. It looks great. The first film that the first scene that they shot was that uh, where he was getting lunch with uh, Uncle from Jackie Chan Adventures. Um, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> oh uh, man, what's his name? I I don't know the actor's name as well. I feel feel kind of bad about it, but you know he's on his little rickshaw or whatever boat thing, and serving him lunch. That that entire boat is a practical practical set. That's crazy. And it's on an it's on an enormous gimbal. All of the flying scenes they're they're all on giant three sixty gimbals that they're rotating through space. So Dude, they're doing that, it for real. Yeah. Dude, that movie looks really good, and I was thinking that this has to be practical because it was made. You know, 1997 when you don't see a lot of good CG and green screen, but like, yeah, it was. It looks great. It still looks great. Um, but yeah, that 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 was the first scene they shot, and they shot shot him on that crappy bo- on that boat on this giant gimbal, and have him like slowly spin off into space. I just really, I just really enjoy that that bit because you are fired. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that line. It's <laughs> yeah, it's like this one will be good. <laughs> it's like nope you're a fire 
There are just so many quotable lines and wonderful moments in this film. But, uh, yeah, the the whole movie has, had been essentially written by Luc Besson since he was, like, 16. Like, the idea That's of, like, crazy. storyboarding for these shots, like, all this stuff, it's absolutely insane. And he wrote the part for Bruce Willis, basically, towards the end. And they were really panicking about it, so they, they like, flew out to New York, they handed him the script... And he called him back like two hours later, like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> great choice, great like, choice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think, I think the second choice was like Mel Gibson. Oh no, yeah, that would not right? have worked. <laughs> that would not have worked at all. <laughs> and there's just, the performances are so weird and so great. Uh, Chris Tucker, Bilbo Baggins is in this. Oh, <laughs> Bilbo everything's good. James Hong? Yeah. It's great. Wait, is it James Hong? Um, shit, I should look it up. But yeah, uh, Bilbo Baggins not from The Hobbit, but from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I have to make this distinction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Makes sense. And I, I love that everyone in this movie is portrayed as being utterly incompetent. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of it kind of works. Mm-hmm. It's like this ridiculous space future where everything's so goofy and brightly lit. Like they deliberately didn't want like this grim, dark, like miserable, like space future, like a la Alien. Yeah. And he wanted he went for this look where it's just bright, colorful, goofy, like flamboyant costumes. Um, especially with uh, Chris Tucker, Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod. Originally, he was basically supposed to wear, like, a dress, and they wanted Prince to play that part. Oh. <laughs> and, like, and they sent the pr- concept, pre- uh, they, they sent the concept sketches to Prince, and he's like, no, nah, that's too much for me. So, that's just, <laughs> so that should give you an idea of how over-the-top these costumes are that Prince, <laughs> Prince is turning like, nah. you down, because they're too over-the-top. <laughs> My goodness, if Prince says no, that must have been super crazy. <laughs> Oh man, Chris Tucker in this film is an absolute treasure, and everything from the hair to the outfit to the performance—he's so like channeling like Michael Jackson, and it's so, it's so incredible. Like this perfect offset for, um, for Corbin Dallas. I want to mention this briefly because it—it's only sort of a thing, but this is basically the prototype for Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, mm-hmm. this weird space adventure full of a bunch of idiots from space that shouldn't work, and yet it comes together, and it's kind of beautiful. Hmm. Chasing weird space MacGuffins. <laughs> yes, yes. I can I can see the similarities between Guardians of the Galaxy. Kind of like this better though, to be honest. Mm, than well, Guardians I mean, I, of I the like Galaxy. It. Yeah, oh, Guardians no. is too well put together. You know, I want I want some more fun in my life. I like Fifth Element more, but Guardians is the better movie. Yeah, it's definitely a better movie. But <laughs> I like Fifth Element more just because, like, Guardians is goofy, but this is way goofier. <laughs> it is so strange. It's full-on goofy. It just borders on ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything, like, the look and feel of the universe is so ridiculous. Like, the the Mundishowans, I think they're called? Yep. With mm-hmm. their like giant like turtle outfits where you can't possibly move <laughs> practically. They have a glowing nutsack. There's a knight 
a, a light, a shining light where their nutsack would be. <laughs> and then I'm Luke just saying. Carries in that scene, and you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so funny when he's like, you know, he gets shot at in the temple, and then he's too slow to get through the door. <laughs> yeah, he's just like waddling up, like, "No, my my greatest uh, weakness." <laughs> slow <laughs> moving doors. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous like the overall construction of the film when you think about it it's all these little like individual character arcs that like kind of weave apart and then back together and the overall construction is kind of wonderful because Corbin is introduced completely separately from everyone else and then Lilu literally falls into his lap and then they splinter off again and then you have like Corbin you have uh, Bilbo Baggins and Co and you have the military and then you have Zorg and you and they all kind of weave back and forth the only one who meets Zorg face to face is Bilbo Baggins in fact in that wonderful little scene where he starts uh, choking yeah he's trying to interrogate um, Bilbo about where the space MacGuffins are and (laughs) he's delivering this villainous monologue in this southern drawl that that was entirely Gary Oldman's choice, by the way. Really? Mm. Yeah, it wasn't written. The character was not written that way. But he's like, <sighs> I feel like this guy's like a southern dandy. And Luke Besson's like, okay, <laughs> all right, you whatever you say. Um, Gary Oldman only did this film because he owed Luke Besson, because Luke Besson had basically funded his last film, Gary Oldman's last film, and they had previously worked together on Leon the Professional. Wow. Oh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how they're connected was Leon. Yeah. There are a couple there are a couple direct callbacks to that film as well. Like at right after uh-huh. uh when he meets the uh Mangalores and he blows them up. Like that shot with, with the explosion in the background out of the tunnel and he's smoking in front of it. That's straight out of the professional. So there you have it. That's that's why Gary Oldman is in this film because he owed Luke Besson. I don't think Gary Old, Gary Oldman hated this film. He hates really? it. Absolutely. This I, is I, one I, of I the get films it. that I love him for. He's like a super serious actor, and then he's like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's like, you're making me do this garbage. Luke Besson, Luke Besson's like, you fucking owe me. Do this. This is my fucking baby. You owe me. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, we should we should definitely watch Darkest Hour. <laughs> okay, because that is oh like three thousand percent. It's just miles away from this role. I didn't realize this was a Gary Oldman for the longest time. Me really? too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because that, that hairstyle I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, the hairstyle, that costume. <laughs> He's got like the gimp leg yeah. and the accent. He's because he's British, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Even Gary Oldman's performance is so cheesy and ham-fisted, and like in a deliberate, like lovingly crafted way. Yeah, it's a it's a weird little elephant creature that he's just like holding in one scene, <laughs> yeah. like a little like, a little snorkel cat. <laughs> sure, sure, whatever you call it. <laughs> Just like what so is that? Weird. <laughs> so weird. It's just like when he's choking and pushing all the buttons, and this a little like him, this yeah. little pudgy snorkel thing pops up. He's like, "What do you want from me?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. So weird. This was originally written as a trilogy, 
actually. What? Oh, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Luc Besson had three scripts, and they might still be out there somewhere, but he had three scripts written, and he kind of condensed them down into one movie. I don't think Better, he wants to do choice. any. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he wants to do any more. I'm not sure why. I'm sure he probably wants more success after Valerian in the city. <laughs> but um, yeah, he. I mean, I can't stress enough that this is basically like his lifelong project come to fruition on screen. Well, I just want to say it's probably one of my favorite movies as well. I wouldn't say my my favorite. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's up there. My favorite. Just the way everything just the way everything comes together, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to bring up like that scene where, you know, Isaiah was saying like he just Bruce Willis happens to be like this military expert, right? Yeah. They actually make fun of that in that scene where the general dude comes in and it's like you're the only one who's alive in your unit and who's qualified to handle all the weapons and ships needed for this mission mm-hmm. and he pulls out a list and it goes to the floor right <laughs> yeah. you're just showing how ridiculous that concept is like it's just like 200 items <laughs> yeah they do that so many times it's just or when he's like hiding awesome. people and he shoves them into the fridge and they yeah. all die <laughs> it's like what the like everyone's everyone's played for laughs since everyone except yeah. Bruce Willis like yeah. they shove the general in there they shove Lilo into the the shower yeah <laughs> And Bilbo almost dies getting suffocated. It is great. It's uh, yeah, and also like like the ending scene where it's like, oh, love, right? I love you, right? I was like, all right. I hate when movies do that, but they actually built up to it from the get go. Where you know when Lilu falls into uh, Bruce Willis's cab, he's just like totally smitten with her, right? So like they. Mm-hmm. They build up to it at least, but I just like, yeah. <laughs> the fifth element is love, Sam. Come I on. I know, I know. It's, it's warm it's your love. cold black heart. <laughs> it's love. It's love. The power of love, Sam. The power of love will defeat evil. Look at the power, the power of love. Of love. <laughs> oh, that's a great song, yeah. Speaking of that scene, like Corbin's apartment, uh, I thought it was it was kind of a nice character introduction at the beginning of the film. Um, yeah. Because you get like that weird Indiana Jones scene with Luke Perry, and you're like, okay, all right, it's kind of weird, and but it establishes like the core, um, core conflict, and then it busts into a uh, future space black president man, oh yeah, in his yeah. conference room, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I don't, it was like the perfect casting choice for that character. He is so useless. It's incredible. <laughs> he does literally nothing. He accomplishes <laughs> literally nothing in the film. And it's so funny. Like, he's just making fun of, like, the whole bureaucratic process, you know? Yeah. They're just, like, the entire movie. He's just completely useless and fucks up again and again and again. <laughs> And that, the military guys. Oh, sorry. The military guys in the beginning. They're like, "Yeah, we'll just nuke it." Yeah, she first ask questions later. I'm like, "America, America, say you." It was uh, so perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, and like go along with that. I like how Zork's right hand man is supposed to be a thug, right? But he looks and sounds very posh. You know, he has this yeah. British accent, and then he just he just dies too. <laughs> He just gets blown up in a telephone booth. Yeah, yeah. I like how he just like dials this clearly prop like number <laughs> pad. It's just like the buttons don't really do anything. <laughs> and it just dials a magic number and just explodes. <laughs> that dialogue scene, by the way, is great. 
He's like, I'm sorry I messed up. Are you making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> like, just that delivery of that line. And, oh, coming back to that scene, it's it's where they're trying to board the cruise ship. And then you have, again, three different three different storylines that, like, come together in that one moment. Yeah. Like, the, the the movie, like, folds apart and back together a lot of different times. And this is one of them, where the Bangalores and um, Zorg's guys and Corbin and Bilbo and co., um, all come together and try to board this cruise ship. So it's uh, Bilbo's underling, Frodo, I guess we'll call mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Frodo, okay. And Lilu. And they're like, hello, I'm Corbin Dallas. I won the Flossin's Paradise uh, Gemini Croquette Contest. And I would like to board the ship. And Lilu's just like, Lilu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> I cannot forget that. Multipass. 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 <laughs> And then Corbin runs up and shoves him out of the way. And then Zorg's underling shows up. No, uh, no. and then the Bangalore show up. And they're yeah, like, hello, yeah. I- hello, I'm Corbin Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Yeah, no. But then Zorg's underling shows up, and, and then he gets kicked out as well. And then there are lots of little moments like this where the, the storylines kind of bunch together and then like spread back apart they get back onto floss's paradise and immediately split apart again lila goes off does her own thing corbin goes meet goes and meets a blue singer lady and then and ruby rod (laughs) ruby rod giving his ruby rod to as many girls as possible (laughs) it's actually incredible yeah chris tucker was the second or possibly third choice after prince and oh i don't remember who else was considered for that position Will it Smith? works out. Will Smith? Oh, no. no I don't know. No, I don't no. think Will Smith. Will Smith could pull it off. Yeah, I don't see that. But it worked out. I think this is legitimately Chris Tucker's best role. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> better than Rush Hour? Uh, oh, much better than Rush Hour. Better than Rush Hour? Much better than Rush Hour. I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, he does say, y'all look the same. <laughs> Punches Jackie Chan in the face. I still remember that scene. Who are you? And Jackie Chan calls you. the bartender to N word. I'm like, whoa, we can't use this dialogue anymore. This is awesome. Uh, who are you? I am you. Uh, who is and he? he? It's me. I am me. <laughs> or, or like he tries to find that uh, massage parlor and he doesn't know the, the Chinese name. So it's just like trying to. Chris Tucker? You know, okay. I don't know. Is that. We should do Rush Hour as well. <laughs> <laughs> we could do Rush Hour for sure. It's definitely a great film. Uh, featuring featuring the N-word a couple times. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to drop that Yikes. on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We'll be banned. What, what did you guys think of like the actions of pieces in this film? Because there were, there were quite a few. Um, the, the biggest one being towards the end, the shootout on that cruise ship with 500 million extras with all different... <laughs> outfits i don't know i think it's fantastic it's just so much attention to detail yet keeping things goofy i liked everything in this movie i was surprised by like the fact that the action set pieces still managed to like stay relevant and they still look good which is really surprising i could tell a lot of it was practical and that's why it still holds up pretty good i love practical effects it just looks good it looks real it's real that's why (laughs) Yeah, because it is real. It's real. Like that, ex- yeah. like that explosion. 
man, man, that looks so good. That looks, yeah, incredible. That scene took a very long time to choreograph and shoot. I bet. And then Chris Tucker is there, and then... <laughs> and who was the guy that threw, like, two billiard balls? It's yeah, like it's so funny, because there's an interview scene afterwards, and it's like, I was just trying my best to help out. I'm like, you did nothing, bro. <laughs> you did literally nothing. I yeah. was just making fun of, like, useless celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> the gun! The gun! Give the me gun. a gun! <laughs> and throws the balls, so and it looks so proud of itself. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was expecting him to throw them at the very least, but yeah, I was. Ex- and it's nothing happens. It's completely useless. Yeah, everyone, God, everyone in this film is shown to be incompetent. It's kind of astonishing how well it works. Like it still feels like there are stakes, but everyone's useless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone is useless. Like Zorg, I don't think Zorg accomplishes killing. Uh, you know what? Maybe I think he kills like a couple Bangalores, and that's it. And he fires a million people, including Corbin, including Corbin Dallas. By the way, I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Oh, that was that was him. Yeah, oh. like there's just this brief dialogue scene. It's like, like, sir, our economic reports are in. It's not fire too, a million too good. people. We might need to fire five hundred thousand people. Fire a million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm evil. Fire a million. Fire a million. Cause I can. Uh. Cause I can. And then, and then Corbin gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, he was oh, pretty garbage at his job. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. seem like a very good taxi driver. The fact that he's a taxi driver, by the way, is Luke Bassan, because uh, his father had a second job as a taxi driver. So there's a taxi, there's a cabbie driver in every single one of his movies. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. That's such a strange detail. <laughs> it's a very strange detail, but there you have it. He's a space fighter pilot, commando, marine, taxi driver. <laughs> Everything is so ridiculous. And I, and I really liked the soundtrack for this as well. The music was really fun. Obviously, the opera scene is great, but there's also um, the taxi scene really really pops out to me, like where they're doing the chase through New York City. And you have like this, I think it's, I want to say it's Indian. Maybe I'm being racist. Like this Indian song playing in the background, it's it's really nice. It really fits like the uh, goofy, weird, like image of the future they have. Like in in all the movies we have now, it's like this sterile, like gray on white, and everything's touchscreen, and uh, it's so like Blade stark. Runner. Yeah, yeah, or like Blade <laughs> Runner, where it's like a miserable dystopian future where everyone yeah. everything sucks. And this movie is so colorful and weird and fun. I mean, uh, as a very deliberate choice, obviously. And that's, p- that's part of the reason I love it so much. It might be baffling <laughs> to you, Isaiah. <laughs> and I can understand why it's baffling. Why this is my favorite film. Yes, but... I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes sense to me. I think this is one of my top movies as well. Just... <laughs> It's a culmination of like that era of filmmaking, just making fun of everything. Yeah, this is literally peak nineties. This is the as nineties is gonna is, be. Is this a joke? I'm too young to understand. <laughs> it's probably probably, probably yeah. is probably. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. But I, that's just not what I expected this movie to be. I thought yeah. it was gonna be something like very straightforward, serious action oh, dude, film. There's- mcdonald's and coke in this movie as well like served by like hooters ladies come on yeah. <laughs> space mcdonald's 
Space McDonald's. <laughs> what do they what do they call them? Like the Golden W or something? The Golden Side or something like that? Yeah, I something weird. I don't remember. The best is if you look at the uh little little subtext underneath the McDonald's it says one trillion served. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's like the most obvious product placement in the movie, but I thought it worked very well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think that's the only product placement. I think there might have been a Chanel thing, but I'd be surprised if that was the that only thing. Yeah, it's the only one that I noticed. Also, that scene with the microwave, where just throwing like little food pellets and turns into chicken. I want that. Oh, I want that. That too. was yeah. that was just Back to the Future. <laughs> but uh, they had that was Pizza Hut, right? For Back to the Future, the mini pizza that you put in, and then it becomes yeah. a big pizza. <laughs> That's the dream. And the oh, microwave the takes like 0.1 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Just like immediate. Uh, oh my god. Truly is the future. Truly the future. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there's much more to say except <laughs> that. The, the priest seat when he's like, weddings are downstairs. Oh, yeah. And then all those dudes rock up and he's like, weddings are downstairs. They're downstairs. They're just looking at each other. <laughs> uh, very funny. <laughs> Everything is, every single scene is so weird. And it all comes together into this wonderful, ridiculous package that I just absolutely love. I can't all right, very all right. I picked up this role. I don't I think he had much of a choice. Guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he owed him. He's like, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Oh my gosh. But yeah. A soul um, for a soul. <laughs> Aziz Light. <laughs> Aziz Light. Oh, there's so many lines you can quote from this. Movie. Yeah. He had the little clipboard, Aziz Light, like, thir- <laughs> just, like, yeah. it, like yeah. the like, 26th time or something. But yeah, I guess, I mean, first of all, I have to establish I'm, I'm just a sucker for space operas in general. Um, I, I can forgive Ragnarok. all the dumb yeah, stuff. Ragnarok. Just for, like for the sheer wonder and spectacle of the thing, and the fifth element is maximum space opera. <laughs> yeah, max to the to eleven. <laughs> to the elevens. Yeah, spaceballs. Spaceballs. I feel like spaceballs is it doesn't go as hard as fifth element. Yeah, definitely not. But it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I think Fifth Element is actually goofier than Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if such a thing, it's goofier than an actual parody. That's it's incredible. Strange to say, but it makes sense. This is to eleven. <laughs> but this one goes to eleven. Exactly. <laughs> this one goes to 11. <laughs> oh, should we do Spinal uh, Tap? Spinal Tap. Yeah. We've, we've okay. been making that reference so many times. I've never seen it. I've never seen oh it either. My That's the God. only thing that I know. Oh, that scene and the part where they go through the metal detector and it starts beeping and it just pulls the cucumber out of his pants. Because, <laughs> you know, it wants to make it look like he has a big dong. <laughs> but it's a vegetable. They're so stupid. <laughs> it wouldn't trigger the metal detector. Spinal Tap is a straight parody, though. It's a, it's a mockumentary. Of what? Like... Uh, of like rock and roll documentaries, oh, like the, okay, okay. the behind the scenes, like music documentaries yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But like that's that's the one scene. That's the, just the one line everyone pulls from the movie. This, but this one goes to eleven. It's eleven. But wouldn't it? W- wouldn't it be the same if it went to ten? Whereas ten is the maximum. Yeah, but this one goes to eleven. <laughs> 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 You're just so stupid. <laughs> 
Alright, I guess I guess there's not much more to say. I mean, you, we could go through scene by scene. Yeah, if you went through scene by scene, it would take yeah. forever. All the ridiculousness. And this would be like a three-hour-long podcast, but I think that might be pushing it a little bit. As yeah. much as I enjoy this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Shall we go to uh, closing thoughts, Sam? Sure, sure. Let's do that. Um... So yeah, I mean, I've already said this is my favorite film of all time. Um, Like, the performances are really goofy, which can turn people off. Uh, The plot is complete nonsense, which again can turn people off. But it's about the ride, man. It's about the ride. (laughs) And the incredible work that went into all the set design, costume work, and all the talent behind the scenes that put this movie together. It's... It, it's like they, they establish a really rich world that as goofy and strange as it feels feels like it's it's lived in you know <laughs> and I, I just I appreciate that uh, I appreciate even even if the performances are weird I've said this but I, I love them I love all of them so you know what I'm, I'm giving this movie 10 wow. 10 suicide spots wow. This movie is a masterpiece. <laughs> An absolute masterpiece. Ten Suicide Squads or ten Black ten... Mantas? <laughs> oh, this no, movie is like a, her, this is like a thousand Black Mantas. <laughs> a thousand Black Mantas. It's so cool. Oh, it's uh... so cool. I just... I guess I just like goofy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. Funny. I mean, to be clear, Black Manta is not goofy. He's so cool. No, no, he's pretty goofy. He's, uh, <laughs> he goes to twelve. His helmet is like a twelve head size. 12 head. <laughs> Fourteen head. Uh, <laughs> Forty head. <laughs> oh my god. How about you, Isaiah? What are your thoughts? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I feel like if I watch this movie again, I'll like it more. <laughs> but just initial viewing, the whole time, I was just like, what the F is going on? <laughs> and I was like, man, why does yeah. why does Barry like this movie? I think I asked myself that at least three times. <laughs> Seeing Carrie Oldman's hair, I was like, man, what is going on? But yeah, definitely... It's it's one it's one for the it's one you enjoy, right? It's it's a journey. An unexpected journey. Yeah. <laughs> With Bilbo Baggins. With Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's this movie was surprisingly fun and Yeah, surprisingly kept me like engaged throughout the entire film, which I did not expect. I expected to I don't know, just kind of like coast through it and be like an okay film, but it's just so weird that it demands your attention. <laughs> There's just so much happening on screen yeah, all the time. All the time. But yeah, I unexpectedly, surprisingly, like this film. <laughs> okay. You're fucking better. <laughs> not not exactly like my favorite film or even like my top 10 films of all time but yeah i liked it i'd give it a solid a solid seven and a half yeah mm, okay like okay. i think i think though if i watched it again it'd probably go up to like an eight yeah 
it, 7.6. Yeah, it's got to it's got to grow on me a little bit, you know. Yeah. I think I watch this movie every year around Christmas. <laughs> really? Oh. It's my Christmas movie. This is your Christmas movie? <laughs> this is my Christmas movie. Die Hard is like my Christmas movie. Uh, and Glorious Bastards is my Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird one. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, but what about you, Sam? Yeah, I think uh, this movie is awesome. Obviously, like traditional elements like plot kind of fall apart, but... <laughs> That's not the point. It's a satire at heart, and I kind of missed it, but Barry hit it on the head where, like, it it's masterful in that it can separate all these different story elements, these lines, plot lines, and bring them back together. And then they have these layered scenes where three different things are happening at the same time, and the editing is spot on, and, like, the satire is through the roof, and... I don't know, it's very smart. It's well done. Do you see the dedication to, like, every... Attention to detail, basically. Yeah, um, absolutely. In every aspect, yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's, this is an amazing film. I want to give it a 10 as well. <laughs> oh, man, I'm the I, odd I one think, out. My man. Yeah. My man. <laughs> <laughs> my man, like Denzel Washington. Only intellectuals understand this film, Sam. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> See, like, right, I would have right. given it an 11. I think I gave Galaxy Quest 11 now that I'm looking at the spreadsheet. Uh, I think Galaxy Quest was... A little, it, it dialed back the goofiness in terms of... To make a more traditional film. And I think Fifth Element threw that to the wind. They're like, we're going all the way, dude. <laughs> so, like, we're not holding anything back. We're not holding anything back. So like, I would have given it a little bit of a more than perfect score if it, it dialed back just a little bit, but you know, then it would not be this. I think this movie I love the most. I, can, I think I can say that. Probably not the, my favorite film or the best made film, but like the one that has the most emotion in me. Yeah, I would say this one. Bold statement, Sam. My man, yeah, you, yeah. you get it. I get like it. Just this, lose your eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven point five. What is that? That's like what uh seven point whatever. whatever. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> my score is uh is the way it is because of my age. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only old men would rate this a ten. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw in as a side note before we we end here that like. Yeah, this is peak 90s where it's kind of like reactionary filmmaking, sort of. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. This Fifth Element rises above that in that I think it's intelligent. But like, if you look at older movies, uh, such as Judge Dredd, um, where, you know, they have like this weird virtual VR sex thing going on because like STDs and AIDS were a big scare. So like, they're saying you can't have sex and whatnot. So they're making fun of that by having this literally VR sexting where they just put on a helmet and they pretend making out and you know Sandra Bullock is there and then uh Sylvester Stallone's like, man, this kind of sucks <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> And like yeah, that kind of humor is like reactionary and like nineties movies full of that. That's why if you go back and look at that era of filmmaking, it's hilarious just making fun of stuff. That's the rick ridiculous in society. And I think Fifth Element goes above that a little bit it transcends that level of humor and satire to something crazy <laughs> it's just insane but yeah so wonderfully weird it is it is it's more prevalent in the 90s so if, you know if you don't if you're not as old 
uh, <laughs> you're not used to it. You know, it's just it just happened if to be you're normal. Not as and old. <laughs> yeah, if you're not as old. <laughs> I think the closest example of a recent made movie is Tropic Thunder. You know, mm. but even that is is a little bit getting long in the tooth. It's a little bit. Old. Wait, what about Cabin in the Woods or the Cabin, Cabin in, in the, the Woods? Woods? It's more like a commentary. Kevin the Woods was actually made much earlier than it was released. So, yeah. By several years. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it sat on a shelf for a very long time. Hmm. Um, not entirely sure why. I think that either... Oh, gosh. Either it's Joss Whedon or the studio didn't really believe in it. Yeah. And it took some convincing. The man is, is keeping us down. <laughs> Gotta fight the man. Guess what? We'll end there. Uh, anything you guys want to add in? Nope. This movie is super green. <laughs> super green. Yeah, super green. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't understand that. What, what does he mean by green? Is it like just a thing he made up, or it's is like that... cool, dude? Or it's no, but it's a color though. So yeah. <laughs> it don't so? matter. I don't think. It's I don't think it's green. cool. I think of Kermit, and Kermit is not. He's not happy. He's a sad, depressed guy. <laughs> it's, it, you know the song? It's Lonely Being Green? No? Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, Sam. <laughs> okay, on that note. <laughs> this has been episode 22 on The Fifth Element. Thank you for listening in. Write to us at pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Once again, the email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay, stay pointy. pointy. I thought you were going to say stay green. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said stay clear, which oh, is the okay. what's written on Corbin Dallas's wall. Oh, but that really? might have been a little bit too obscure. <laughs> yeah, I think... It, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I, could, I could probably quote most of this movie line for line. Oh, boy.